We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky coming to you from my home in New Athens, Illinois. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from my pastor's study uh, at Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And Matt, you know, when we come back, when we come back home, of course, the first thing you have to do is you have to go see your doctors. The doctors have been waiting eagerly for you to return. Especially and, uh, someone of your age, John. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot, Matt. I tell I'm you, what, you're sorry. So... I couldn't help it. <laughs> I know. I kind of set myself that. No, that's fine. <laughs> I am an old man. You're a young blood. I'm the old guy. Um, but it was interesting because, you know, we was talking about diet. And, and so he said to me, he said, John, here, here's the key thing to having a good diet. And I thought I would share this with our listeners, right? Because we, we're concerned about our listeners' health. We want them to keep listening to us. They want to keep them, you know, strong physically. Yeah. But he said that the key is to choose a diet where you have a lot of different colors. And so I thought, well, then I'll get a bowl of M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Fruity Pebbles or something. Yeah, get more colorful than M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Lynn said, John, John, Joe, no, I think he's thinking more of, of foods that are like red and green. And I thought, yeah, Christmas M&Ms, right? <laughs> or she said, well, no, no, like orange. And I said, well, yeah, Halloween M&Ms. <laughs> so, Anyway, M&Ms that's our help. Sol- yeah, it's great. The solution to all your ills. <laughs> M&Ms. They are. They are. All right, like I say, fruity pebbles if you prefer. But get those colorful foods. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> all, all right, Matt. Oh, my Bacon goodness. Bacon and M&Ms, John. Bacon and M&Ms. <laughs> that's right. That's oh, oh, Matt, tell me, is Ted Drew still open? Oh, are they still open? Oh, yeah. They're, they're open. Oh, okay. They'll be open through Christmas. You're safe. Oh, I got to tell you something, John. Yeah, so we, yeah. we, uh, <laughs> I just got back from the uh, pastors' conference for pastors yeah. from the Missouri district. Oh, yes. So we gathered together uh, at the Lake of the Ozarks. And yeah. It, it used to be this resort called Tantara, but now Tantara. it's called, now it is Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. <laughs> so uh, us pastors were at Margaritaville for a couple of days. <laughs> um, but following the, the opening service, which was beautiful, the opening church service hosted by a church down there in the, the area, they had a ice cream reception. Oh, and they, my. they announced uh, the ice cream reception is extra special this year because it's it's not a local dairy that they're getting the ice cream from. It is from Ted Drew's. Oh, so, you're kidding. Oh, my. To which I replied, well, for me, that is local since I live three blocks away from Ted Drew's. But uh, yes, Ted Drew's frozen custard. I was a happy pastor, John, and uh, it was a a wonderful conference. Uh, how could you go wrong with a start like that? Well, well did, did, so did you sing Cheeseburger in Paradise at the opening uh, service then? <laughs> it was the, the processional song. <laughs> the processional was, hymn. It was not Cheeseburger in Paradise. No, it wasn't. Okay. No. Just wondering, man. Uh, Just cheese, wondering. Cheeseburgers, margaritas, and frozen custard. <laughs> what a conference. <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah, we don't do anything like that in Southern Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no Margaritaville for here. <laughs> uh, just M and M's. That's right. Okay. Well, Matt, I, I don't want people to think that we're a bait and switch operation. You know, because there are those people that say they're going to do something and then they don't do it. If you tuned in this week for more information about angels, you'll have to wait till next week. Okay. Because right. uh, Matt, Matt and I kind of share these responsibilities. And so Matt's, Matt's our angel guy, and, and he'll be talking about that uh, next week. And we, we mean that. So to, do turn in. But Give don't turn in. reason to off. come back. Yeah, that's right. But that doesn't mean you have to turn off now. No, we've still got something good to talk about well, yeah, today. We've got something real good, John. We've got, we've got leprosy to talk leprosy. about today. Right? Because that's on everybody's mind. Skin disease. Pus. It's going to be that's great, right. folks. It's our, it's our health episode. <laughs> so, so we're talking about diet, and now let's talk about skin disease. Which, by the way, the doctor, that's one of the questions they ask you. Have you had your physical lately? Because they asked me. You got any spots on your skin? I thought, what? <laughs> I'm an old man. I'm covered with spots. spots you... everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, um, actually, what I want to do is not talk about leprosy. I want to talk about a marvelous miracle in the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark where Jesus heals a leper. But it is a passage where every word is filled with some powerful, comforting insight for you and me. But I don't think you can truly appreciate how powerful and comfortable that miracle story is unless you understand a little bit about uh, how the, the Jews believed about leprosy. So, so let's start with some Old Testament stuff. Is that okay, okay. Matt? Oh, yeah. Now, Sounds good. Now, now Matt, you, you, you know this. What, what was the attitude in general of the Jews about illness, what, especially serious illnesses? What, what did they think about that? Yeah, so uh, you see this in the Gospels that they think that an illness is the result of sin. Uh, maybe a sin of that person, maybe a sin of their parents, uh, but something, someone somewhere did something wrong, and as a result, it seems as though this person is getting punished for it. They are suffering uh, suffering the punishment for sin. I think we see that right with the uh, the one the one uh, blind man, and they say, "Who sinned, Jesus? This man or his parents?" Uh, and Jesus says, "Well, no, neither one of them." <laughs> so yeah, so and I, yeah, it's kind of logical, right? Uh, someone gets sick. Well, there must have been something wrong. And 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 see what's crazy is as Christians, we actually believe in that to a certain extent. Uh, we we do believe that tribulations are the consequence of sin, but but not like that. Not like the idea that you did some particular sin or some specific thing wrong, and therefore God has given you this particular uh, uh, punishment. Uh, I had a heart attack. Uh, it's almost a year and a half ago, a year ago in March, uh, and um, it wasn't like that I had been particularly bad on that trip to Florida, that I had robbed a liquor store or was unfaithful to my wife or whatever. But yeah, uh, people who are, we're all sinners. That's the thing. And we and sinners do have heart attacks. And the scary thing is that sinners die because the wages of sin is death. Uh, but, but see, here the problem is when you do it like that the way the people in Jesus day did it then then you're you're thinking well that guy he he's blind because he must be a worse sinner than me right because I'm not blind <laughs> you know so he must have done something that makes him worse than than me and, and you know how Jesus what Jesus said about that attitude don't don't you Matt about these people are worse sinners do you remember that passage he says it's wrong <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think he said a little more than that, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know, he said, it, 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 "What? What? What was it?" The uh, you know, come on, Matt, help me out here. What was what, the story? Uh, it was the guys that died in the in the, the when the tower collapsed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were they worse than yeah. the, the tower fell on them? Oh no, yeah, no, of course not. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, yeah. And then that 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 the blind guy. Remember that you know they thought oh, yeah, he was yeah, a sinner. Yeah. You know, he said, "Well, no, it's, it's the, the, the works of God could be demonstrated in his life." You know. Um, so yeah, exactly. To kind of read God's mind and, and try to have a one-to-one connection. Why this person is sick or suffering because of some certain sin. I think well, the whole book of Job is like that, right? Oh His man. Yeah. To figure yeah. Out what Job did wrong that caused him to suffer. And that's, that's, uh, you're, that's, yeah, it's just a dead end barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. And that, but, but Matt, thank you. See, I didn't even think of Job, but that's that's the perfect example because that was the comfort they gave him. Well, he must have done something, you yeah. know. Uh, uh, and of course, and Jesus' response was, you know, if you think these people are worse sinners than you, well, if you don't repent, you will all likewise perish. So, so no, that's not a right understanding. But now here's my point. If you thought a man who was blind was being punished by God, well, then you must have thought a man who, with leprosy must have done something really incredibly terrible and sinful, because if you wouldn't mind, Matt, could you read the punishment? Uh, or, well, see, it's is it punishment or is it just health? Yeah, is it yeah, a health yeah, code? That yeah. That's the question. You bet. But anyway, here, here's what happens to you if you are found to have leprosy in the Old Testament. Uh, Leviticus, for those of you who love Leviticus, chapter 13, uh, verses 45 through 46, Matt. Okay, yeah. Uh, here we go. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover up his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So, so one of the things that I thought was interesting, if you read the, the, the Leviticus 13, which almost sounds like a statement from the CDC, could be a policy. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But, yeah, yeah it's seriously, because they give you how you diagnose it. And, and so many similarities between COVID and that there was a, a 14-day quarantine uh, before you actually said someone had leprosy. And that's what we do. We quarantine for 14 days. Uh, again, you got to cover. You have to wear a mask. A lot of people don't realize that was part of the whole leprosy thing that you had to uh, wear something over the bottom part of your face. Um, but what was so terrible about the, 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 the consequences of having leprosy, Matt? What was the really terrible thing that happened to you? Well, you're unclean, okay, yeah. which I think is more than just physically unclean. Mm. You're, oh, yeah. You're, you're it's ceremonially uncrelene, and you're alone. You're outside the camp. Yeah, which, man, that if you're a Jew, that's the most horrible thing. Because, well, for anybody, you, you can't be with your family. Uh, I mean, if you were blind, right, that was a bad thing. But at least you could be with your family. In fact, you probably sat there in the middle of the, the, the community courtyard, and you were begging, you know. But here, as a leper, you were totally isolated. So to, trust me, Matt, if you were a leper— you must have done something really, really bad to get God so ticked off at you. All right? Something super duper bad. Yeah. That, so, it seems logical, right? It does. It makes perfect sense. So with that understanding, though, let's go back to the Gospel of Mark chapter 1. And as I scroll through here, I think it's verse 
40. Yes, it is. Um, let's hear about an encounter with, of Jesus with a leper. Uh, and I think you're going to find this is just such a powerful uh, passage of comfort for not only lepers, but also for people like you and me and our listeners. So if you would read, Matt, uh, verse 40, verse okay. 40. And a leper came to Jesus, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Now, of course, what, what's the problem right off the bat here, Matt? <laughs> what's the problem right off the bat here in verse 1 as far as the leper is concerned? Well, I mean, he's not outside the—he's not alone, right? <laughs> no. He came in the presence of Jesus himself, and uh, he's, he's uh, you know— I think we can presume a close proximity to him, and he's not yelling he's unclean, but instead he's yelling out, make me clean. Oh, man. Matt, I so love working with you, because, you know, you'd think after you've worked over a passage, you'd have it all. But every time you and I get together, there's something, some, you, you, the, the Spirit just... Okay, here's my point. I, I read this passage and never thought about the fact, no, he doesn't say he's unclean, but he wants to be made clean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow, what a tremendous thought. Uh, but see, that's the thing. You're right. There's a boldness here, isn't there, for a man who's a leper to actually come this close. I, I'm going to suggest he maybe is it's not real close to Jesus, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I doubt he's six foot away. <laughs> okay? There's no social distancing here. Yeah. Uh, but man, thank you for that insight. He, he's not saying, I'm, I'm, I'm apart, I'm unclean. But well, I am. I am, because there is that. Uh, there's two things that I thought were really cool in this verse. First of all, he implores him. When if you read through the Gospel of Mark, it is is a little different than asking. Um, asking is just saying, "Could you do this for me?" Right? We ask people all the time. Uh, the word in the Greek to implore though means I'm asking you because you're my last hope. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's that's a sense of inspiration. Well, desperation, that's the word. Uh, Jairus, when his daughter is on the deathbed, he implores. Uh, they bring a deaf guy, and they bring a blind guy to Jesus. And again, the people who bring them implore them, because they know if, if Jesus can't help them, nobody can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so, so there's that in there. The leper is imploring him. He's not, he's not you know, saying, oh, I, I, well, and here's the other thing. How does he, how does he approach him? What's his bodily position? I mean, he's on his knees. He's kneeling, yeah. and you know, and this is just the first chapter of Mark, right, John? Oh so, man, I mean, yeah. I think we can presume he's you know early in Jesus' ministry, uh, perhaps. Yeah, that seems to be the case. And already, this leper seems to recognize Jesus that he's he's more than just another guy. And and that more than just another guy, Matt. Uh, again, I hadn't thought of that in this context, but but you're right. Already here at the beginning, because Jewish people do not kneel to other Jewish men. No. Uh, in fact, you remember those ten lepers in the story of Luke. They don't kneel. Well, the one guy does, doesn't he? The guy who comes back. Now that you think about it, he does. So he knew some about Jesus that the other guys didn't. Uh, that's a really profound insight, Matt. That to kneel in front of someone is to say something about them. Yeah. Uh, and 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 do you know what's interesting? When the Jews would pray, they didn't kneel. They they stood up in the the temple and prayed. Mm -hmm. See, even to mm -hmm. God, you wouldn't necessarily kneel. But all right, so so he implores, he kneels, um, and and here's the really sad thing. He says, "If you will, you can make me clean." Yeah. 
because no one else says that. When when because if you read through Mark, there's already, as you pointed out, already all kinds of people being healed, and none of them come up and say, "If you if you want to, you can." No, heal me. That's what they. But so you can see the kind of humility. This guy is a leper, and maybe he really did do something horrible and terrible. I don't know. But but he obviously has this this kind of crisis of faith that we hear in that man whose son was possessed by a demon. Lord, I believe. I believe enough to come to you to kneel before you, but I don't know. I, I also have this unbelief, too. If you will, you can make me clean. Uh, any other comments you have about that first verse? Yeah, no, I, desperation, but also humility. Um, this is a guy that other people wouldn't be willing to to touch much, you know, talk to perhaps oh, much man. less touch, right? Yeah. And he's, if you will, if you will, you know. And, and in fact, yeah, I can I can see the rest of the crowd going, "Oh my God, it's a leper!" Sam, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so now with this understanding that in the Jewish mind Jesus should have done nothing for this leper. In fact, he should have said, "Get away from me! What is wrong with you?" And look, and look what Jesus does. And by the way, here's the important thing, Matt. This is how Jesus does for us. Yeah. If you ever feel like maybe you can't come to Jesus, that he's mad at you or whatever, you need to understand this is what Jesus is like. Uh, in fact, can we just do it almost section by section, Matt? Uh, just the first phrase there in verse 41. Okay. okay. So Jesus moved with pity. Yeah, yeah, uh, splognizomai is the word in the Greek, yeah. which is one of my favorite. Um, uh, the Sarah Rudin that I've been quoting from in previous episodes, she, she, the reason I quote her, she's got this new translation uh, of the uh, Gospels, and her translation of that is wrenched, wrenched with pity. Uh, she has, uh, and because that is a sense of splognizomai, is this feeling you've got inside of you for someone. Uh, Matt, who is it that you have splognizomai for in your life? Other than you, John? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I need your, your pity. <laughs> Anyone who listens to my jokes knows I have much to be pitied. But no, go ahead, Matt. No, certainly, you know, my, my children, right, as a father, yeah. you know, that compassion for your kids and that's splognizomai, you know, it means coming from your gut. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. Yeah. And, and when you see them hurt or when you see them uh, in trouble, oh, my goodness. Yeah. That compassion uh, you have for them. Can you can you imagine the splognizomai that your wife and your kids had when you fell out of that tree? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so I mean, so to have that splagnizomai, it's someone you you care about, right? I mean, yeah. if we don't give a rip about someone or they're a total stranger, well, we we might, you know, we might. Oh, I feel a little sorry for them, right? But this is, I think, prompted by love, compassion, and and I think what really drives the splagnizomai is the thought that maybe Jesus wouldn't want to. That he wouldn't want to make him clean. See, yeah, and that just oh, Jesus says how. You should have learned from the Old Testament that God is a God of Hased, which means he's a God of steadfast love. No matter what you do, you can't stop him from loving you. Now, there may be consequences because the Lord disciplines those he loves, but you cannot stop him from loving you. So he's moved with pity. Read the next section, if you would, Matt. Yeah. Jesus stretched out his hand 
and touched and, and read, him. Yeah, and touched him. So here's why I think he was at a distance. I thought, oh, there's why the stretched out his hand? Because he, he hasn't come right up. No, Jesus has to kind of reach out to get to him. Mm-hmm. But of course, that's the cool thing. Jesus does reach out to him, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus does the one thing that you're not supposed to do with a deaf guy. You're not supposed to touch them. Because if you touch an unclean person, what happens to you? Then you're unclean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, this is what we uh, what we know. Uh, it's called the Great Exchange, where Jesus, the righteous and holy, comes and he takes the place of us, who are the unclean and, and the unholy and the sinners. And so he gets all of our sin, and he does with it what he does on the cross, and we get all of his holiness and righteousness, including his eternal life as well. So, and, and and people, he touches us too. That's what I love about uh, Luther worship, particularly because we go to the Lord's Supper and we literally are touched by the body and blood of Jesus. We literally are touched by him just as this leper was. Uh, well, we're running out of one, one time. So one last thing, What? how does that phrase in then? And then Jesus says to him, I will be clean. And, and of course, that that's the thing. Trust me, Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to forgive you, whatever your sin, whatever your leprosy is. And indeed, that's what he does. That's the other thing I love about Lutheran worship. We usually begin by confessing we are poor, miserable sinners, which is to say we, we are. We're lepers. We're sinful lepers. And yet, what does the pastor tell to us right away? What's the pastor say to us after we confess our sins? Yeah, you, well, you are forgiven, right? Yeah. Uh, so we're clean. We are. Yeah. We're, we're absolutely clean. Um, and then the whole story ends with verse 42. Yeah, verse 42, it says, uh, and immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And, and I hope people understand that, um, that that's what Jesus does for us. Now, now, the illnesses and the struggles still remain. I still have to go see a heart doctor. Uh, in fact, she tells me five years from now, it'll probably be kind of a critical thing because the bypasses usually stay clear for about five years, but then they get clogged and you're make, back in that whole pattern. I might have to have another surgery or a stint or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, but on the other hand, it's so great to know that, yeah, I had a heart attack because I'm a sinner. And guess what? God loves loves me who had a heart attack. <laughs> that didn't yeah. change. Yeah. He still does. Uh, and it's one of the great comforts we have. Um, so here's what I like to do, Matt, because we're almost out of time. Uh, and I think sometimes we frustrate our, our producers because we run over and they're thinking, wow, we're going to squeeze this in. Um, uh, so what I'd like to do next week, we could, Matt, let's go back and do the angels because we have all kinds of questions we still want to ask about the angels. Okay. Uh, and, and just for a brief moment, I want to pick up the end of this miracle because there's a strange thing. What's the strange thing that happens after the miracle, Matt? Well, Jesus tells him not to tell anyone about it. Yeah, which seems strange. And and by the way, it seems kind of ridiculous because if you've been a leper separated from your family for ages, you think you're not going to tell somebody about it? All right. And we we can actually do it. We we don't need to wait until next week. We've got time. Read the last verse, if you would. The last verse, verse 45. (laughs) We're going to squeeze him at. Yeah. Yeah, We'll we'll frustrate the KFUO staff even more, John. Here we go. Okay. Uh, They could take it. Okay. But he went out and began to talk freely about it. Okay. He doesn't keep his mouth shut. And to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. 
And so this is the insight that my wife had, the one that I have splognizomai for, dear Lynn. She said, we got the exchange again, don't we? Right? Because the guy that was supposed to be outside the camp is now where? Yeah, now he's restored. The leper is back among the community and among his family. And what happens to Jesus? Jesus is out in the desolate places. He's in the wilderness. Yeah. So thank you, Lynn. Thank you for that insight. And and our apologies to our producers if we've run over a little bit, although I think we'll actually get it done in time. Uh, but I thought, what a great insight. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. The, the lepers, we're the sinners. We're in the house, man. We're there with God and with the angels, who we'll talk about next week. Uh, uh, and Jesus, on the other hand, he had to be outside the city, didn't he? Hanging on a cross so all yeah. of that could happen. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics.